the engagement and the community that we are building in there is a form of intangible asset that you're having there that you cannot get it in Amazon. You're not building a brand, whereas on Kickstarter, you're really building a brand. Welcome to the High Voltage Business Builders Podcast, a show where we interview high voltage entrepreneurs growing and scaling through e-commerce, real estate, and other wealth without Wall Street ventures, showing you the path to making your first or next million. Hey folks, welcome back to the High Voltage Business Builder Podcast. We are going to be talking today about a really cool subject that I haven't tested yet, but I do know a couple of people who've used this model to start their Amazon businesses. Now, it's not a model we particularly follow at Voltage, but I was curious to see how Dylan is doing it because we're always wanting to learn and glean new information and bring that to you guys. So today I'm going to learn in real time with you uh, about the model that he's following to test market products in a crowdfunded way and then determine uh, the viability of that product into an Amazon launched business. So Dylan, welcome to the call, brother. Thank you, Leo. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Yeah, it's good to have you here, brother. So as always, as we get going, like, share, comment, engage, ask questions, help us beat big tech as we go out today and give some love to Dylan so he can get some likes and views. And of course, any questions you might have, post them on all social media and we'll answer them and get you connected with Dylan if it makes sense. So we're talking again about building a test launch using a specific kind of methodology. You want to break it down for me? The test launch that we talk about when it comes to Kickstarter is more on try to launch with a lead gen first, with a product research, for the foundation, and then lead gen, and then launch it on Kickstarter afterward. Uh, those scores of effort would secure a way that the risk rather than failing on, on Amazon for like, you invested like 40k there and then you fail. But right now we have invested in Kickstarter first. When even you fail, you get a lot of like residue behind as the email list. You get a lot of like creative and brand images, recognition that you are able to pick it back from the Kickstarter platform. That's very interesting. Now. In full disclaimer, I would never advise that anybody just go spend 40K on launching a product they've never validated, tested, or even tried to sell a few units first. How many launches do you, or have you done in this method so far? We've done more than 45, I think. Uh, right now we got like on hand, we got five projects. So after we finish all, okay. now it's around 50 something. And 45, you say, so roughly how long have you been doing that then? Around five years. Four to five years, yeah. And out of that, are we going to assume, well, let's not maybe, are all of those successful launches in some degree? And what would you determine uh, them to be as um, successful? Yeah, that's a good question. How do you define successful? Of course, there's, there's, there's launch that is like not successful as in like they cancel the project. Launch that is successful that they make a break even or launch that is successful that who are making a positive uh, margin, right? So launches cancel is because like there's a lot of like reason behind as in they they launch it in a way that that could be weight. They completely mm -hmm. not ready yet. Mm -hmm. The angle or the copy is not ready yet to speak to the right audience. And that's why they have failed. They don't really know the avatar well enough to speak to the needs of the person. Right, right, right. And like, uh, they always want to rush it. And like, hey, I need, I need to get started. I need to get started. But it's all about when the community, community is yeah. ready. When you yeah. see the good data on the engagement rate on the KPI, and that's the timing that you can go launch, right? And what we what we do is like most of the launch that we're going for is break even or little margin. The reason why we're doing that is because launching on Amazon would gives you around nine months in order to uh, make a good ROI because it, it, it requires you to rank for the keyword, uh, do a lot of giveaway, 
So we always have the whole formal worth of inventory before you can um, even get a chance to rent your keyword. Otherwise, your your keyword will just like gone, uh, vanish because uh, others others competitors sales is just higher than you, and that's why they can take over your keyword easily. Whereas on Kickstarter, uh, you don't have to wait for nightmare because what what you what you're doing in the first place is you you don't have to hold any inventory. Whereas you just spend out on prototyping. Whereas Amazon, you have to do the same same kind of effort prototyping and to the manufacturer. Whereas on Kickstarter, you do the, you go for the same thing, but then you don't hold inventory before you finish your pre-launch on Kickstarter. So the benefit of like Amazon, you have to hold three month worth of inventory. Whereas Kickstarter, you can just wait until you think you get all the money and then you can start placing order. That may ash on whether or not you want to continue on this product or not. If you still have the crowdfunding component comes in is you're yeah. prototyping when, a product with crowdfunding and then the crowdfunding allows you to validate the sales of the market at break even or just above profit, which as I always say, sales fixes everything. So now we know that we've got some sales of a viable product. And if we were able to at least break even or make a small profit, to, the understanding is the market is there and I know what my market wants and I now have the capital to go make a, a, a launch, a serious launch on Amazon. I'm going to go order the inventory, if I'm hearing you correctly, right? Yeah. The biggest problem is a lot of Amazon sellers, they come into Amazon, they invest a free month worth and they realize, oh, it's not selling. And then they're stuck with that. The opportunity cost is not about Gonna the it's, it's, it's biggest way is like you cannot do other things because your money is all stuck in the cash flow. You cannot turn over those non-liquid stock immediately to turn them into a liquid cash. And that's why the alternative launch platform on Kickstarter, they can turn the cash, turn it into liquid cash first before you play stock. And that is a secure way to launch your product. But then you can't walk away anytime you want when you're on Kickstarter. So um, of those 45, the, roughly how many we're successful. Let's just kind of get an idea of baseline and, and maybe continue to break down just a little oh, bit of why some successful and why fail. Like, let's get into a little bit of those details. 85% of the product we launch is successful because we okay. really go through the right areas way of us how to help them define the product. We call it like the FPBL formula, stand for Pusher Proof Product Launch Formula, whereas we really went, went for the market research first, using data, using TikTok Creator Marketplace, look at the the views of a particular product to look at whether or not there's any chance to go viral. We go for TikTok Creator Marketplace to look for any kind of terms. Is that like running ad in a different way? Is it just a normal ad? Is it a, is it, or is it have to be an interactive way to run your, to, to run ad on? And then we will use Amazon brand analytics to try to look at what, the, what is the keyword gap that we can go for. And then we also look for estimate rush to look for the keyword on Google. What are the gap that we can go for as well? Keyword gap and market gap, all the things. But once we validate it, I will know that, mm-hmm. oh, right. This is the season that we can do this. This is a time that we can launch, launch this product. Like in, in pandemic, in the 2020, during the pandemic time is a godsend time for kitchenware, right? All the kitchen right. product there is just. It's just booming because everyone's just staying at home. All the desktop wear accessory, it's just booming because everyone's working from home. And it's all about timing and research. Right. After the validation stage, we've done, we went on to go on a mini test, which is a platform validation. We will go on to test email, test face advertising data. Once yeah. we, we launch the campaign, we test the 
creative, we test the angles, we test the messages, look at the KPI, like what's the CDL on this creative, what's the engagement rate on this post, or what's the reservation rate when it comes to people, whether or not they're interested in your product, right? So that is the, the way that we eliminate a lot of like problem, I think like on normal, like dropshipping, Shopify or Amazon, they're just looking for so-called product research platform where everyone have access to that data that everyone is actually going for that data. If you have access to that, your competitor has that as well. And end up, you just end up to go into a price war. And that's what we are there for there. Okay. So when you get to the thing, here's, here's part of my understanding, and maybe this is, maybe this is naive. So I'm just going to ask the dumb question. Isn't I mean, Kickstarter is kind of a ranking platform a little bit, isn't it? It has its rankability inside in terms of which ones are getting the most love and traffic and kind of visibility in the platform. Is that a relatively correct statement? I may be saying it wrong, but yeah, they have a algorithms. Yeah. Like an algorithm for their who ranks and gets more visibility on the top pages within their you know, launches and stuff, which obviously draws more attention to the people who want it mm-hmm. is without manipulating that. And I'm not saying that anyone should, if I don't have any like assets, any brand email or other things to draw attention to my launch am i fighting against a bit of a a wave there am i rolling a snowball uphill in january or well july excuse me i said that wrong (laughs) yeah so so we're ranking on a platform like kickstarter they are not like a search engine like amazon or google they're like so keyword based right but on kickstarter itself they're more on uh, how many stuff you're getting? What's the traction that you're getting? Are you 100% or 1000% funded? And then you go for the auditorial team to whether or not they are proven to uh, buy into your story. Is it like based on, is it like connecting to the audience? And that's why they will put you into so-called project you love. And that's why you get more traction. So that is the organic side, right? And there's so much more than that. On, on running a typical Kickstarter, you will always want to prove your track record first mm-hmm. by Collecting, collecting a lot of on leads, leads from doing pre-launch. For example, you collect 5,000 leads and then you will get like maybe 10% of them convert if your story and nurturing is good enough in the email marketing, right? And then it doesn't start with there. It lays like email, new, email list and newsletter collaborator. Whereas like a lot of like people would just ask a lot of like company, they will help you blast out email lists on top on their list that they have gathered from the past past history, I mean, past mm-hmm. history. Mm-hmm. You have your email list, you have the newsletter partner, you have the influencer outreach as well, and then you have the press release on bloggers, affiliates as well. And then you also want to run traffic as well from Facebook or YouTube or TikTok into Kickstarter. And okay, so there's a pre-marketing kind of effort that you have to get established under relationships, newsletters, email broadcasts, and some paid traffic and media and that kind of stuff to kind of build up a slight or at least some kind of audience to create a flurry of interest once the Kickstarter goes live. Is that what I'm hearing you say correctly? It is, yeah. Okay. So there has to be some kind of marketing activities that that if you have none of those experiences, you're going to have to kind of learn. I'm just breaking down pros and cons of what this experience would look like for somebody who might want to get involved and so they're going to have to do some some marketing and some pre-work and some pre-launch, if you will, activities. Do you support any of that with them or people you work with? Do you help them with the list if they come in completely clean and have none of that or don't have the skill sets to run meta ads or you know YouTube or anything? 
Yeah. Yeah. That, that's what we do. Like, because we have to, when, when people want to launch a product, they, they only have like 60 days max on Kickstarter because that's the longest uh, timing that they can go for. This is a, you want, you want to squeeze everything inside there, like all things that from press release to outrage to things. So is the preparation doesn't start on day one. It starts on day minus 60 from the sampling. You have to send the sample to the impressor. How do you collaborate with them? Uh, uh, write the right press release when, so when the snowball effects come in, you start with the day, day 60, day minus 60, you start with the small influencer, you start with small press release. When you get, uh, on the day one, you hit the goal and you get all the traction, then you go on to start, uh, emailing the bigger one. So the snowball effect will come in, comes in organically and also comes in by your outreach effort as well sometimes. And that is why it is important for us as in our team, we will have to uh, make sure that our team is there to make sure that your campaign is successful and to remove all the learning curve that you need so we can help you out to maximize the success rate. Cool. Yeah, it seems like something that, you know, a helpful expert to kind of guide you and coach you through those mechanisms would be needed for somebody who has no experience. Otherwise, just launching a Kickstarter could kind of meet lower than low expectations if you can't get any visibility to it within the first 60 days, right? So there's got to be some pre-work. It's good. Thank you for clarifying that. I want people to kind of have a, a realistic expectation of the activities required to make this kind of crowdfunding opportunity be realistic. And if they can get that together correctly, if I'm not mistaken, then second, third, fourth product launches just become easier and easier as they build up those first assets. Is that a fair statement? That is super fair. I mean, there's a lot of campaign. People are just wondering, like, how come people have some misconception about it's 2023 already? You, the, the platform is getting just competitive. It's true. Yeah. Anyway, it's true. It's even on Amazon and eBay, right? But then on Kickstarter, there's two kind of email that you're sending. The platform email that platform will send out to you and then your own email, right? So your e own email now or your own email list, like if you don't have the knowledge of starting out the DKIM, SAP does help like try to make your domain name clean enough to send email. Then, then a lot of time that your, your email just go on to promotional inbox, inbox. Whereas if you send out update from Kickstarter, they will also send out an email to your backers inbox, including your previous backers from your previous campaign. Right. And that's why the engagement and the community that we are building in there is a form of intangible asset, uh, asset that you're having there that you cannot get it from Amazon. In Amazon, you're not building a brand, whereas on Kickstarter, you're really building a brand. It's funny thing that I was asking my friend, if your customer asked you, where did you get your, if your Amazon customer asked, asked you, where did they get your product from? Are they going to answer? Oh, I get it from Dylan's brand. Or are they going to get it from, I got it from Amazon, right? Most of them, they just going to say, I got it from Amazon. They just don't recognize that they are a real brand on Amazon. And that's why having a community and having engagement in Kickstarter that will really help you out uh, as a brand to build a real brand rather than just a store that's selling stuff. Yeah, and I think you you make a valid point. It really depends upon what kind of products you're selling on Amazon at what level that would you be considered just an Amazon seller store versus an actual brand. Yeah. I would argue that you can create a brand on Amazon if you do it in such a way where you have uh, control in the brand assets and the way that you position and post market the product, there is brand building. Now, Amazon, of course, we leverage and we know it, and I'm not meaning to be argumentative. 
there's just different product types or approaches to the market in which, yeah, you are 100% correct. People treat it more like a store and a product merchandise mover than an actual brand building exercise with the intent of moving to different assets or utilizing different assets. Kickstarter could be an asset for somebody who has an existing brand or product selling on Amazon and might want to launch a new variation of that product and already has the language, the sales, and the intent, and then might want to leverage that into a Kickstarter to fund the next version of that product which creates another asset. And of course, if they go out to a retail or go to Shopify, of course, they're now building a full brand and e-commerce structure. So I could definitely see where that might, you know, help uh, some of those with, who are existing sellers launch some additional product variations or types of their products and maybe even get them break even or funded uh, for the inventory they need to go back to Amazon's brand uh, they currently have and see that maybe become a, a faster launch for them. So there's some cool insights into, into this conversation. Is there a question I didn't ask you that maybe we didn't cover yet? I don't think. Maybe, maybe difference between Amazon and Kickstarter. Like we didn't talk about that, but it's not like explicitly talking about those. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's, let's dig on that real quick. So yeah. in terms of Kickstarter, is it a business model or do you see it as an engine to kickstarting an e-com model for other locations like Shopify or your own website or Amazon or other places? Yeah, it could be a hybrid approach. Okay. Yeah, on, on Kickstarter, like eventually you want to sell it in your own platform or in any marketplace. But then Kickstarter offer you so much benefit. I think the, the name and then the risk and then the, the, the problem on battling with the unsystematic risk when you're on other platform, you're offsetting by launching on Kickstarter. For example, on when you're launching on Kickstarter uh, on, on Amazon, you have to pay in advance. You have to pay free money for inventory in advance. Whereas in Kickstarter, you don't. When you're launching on Amazon first, you are getting accounts suspended in, uh, anytime. You're getting your listing taken down anytime. Whereas if you launch on Kickstarter already, if you listing get taken down, you can still sell your your product on your own website because. People know your brand already. People just don't rely uh, rely on Amazon to know your brand. And that's why you still get the advantages to sell on your own platform. I would certainly agree to be a multi-channel sales is yeah. a real business model, not just an Amazon-only store. Yeah, 100%. And, and you just mentioned like uh, something that is very interesting. Uh, would, you, uh, would, would you say that it's a business model? I would say knowing the thing that, that would, yes, a lot of time, but then knowing the same time as in like Kickstarter gave you a lot of creative because when you prepare Kickstarter, you have to go for cooperating asset creation for video or images. And you have to understand the all the angles and you have, when, when we do the pilot stage where we have tested mm-hmm. what angle and what message fitted, fitted which kind of like segment in the market, niche in the market, right? And when we sell on Amazon, when as an Amazon seller, when they go on the Amazon, because majority of them, they started there because they don't know how to drive external traffics, right? And later on, they will realize, oh, it's too competitive in the supplement niche. And they have to rely on the external traffic to go back to drive them to Amazon, right? And that's why if you have validated all the external traffic source what's working outside, you can easily maintain your keyword or you can just easily just drive more key- more traffic to Amazon without getting limited by Amazon PVC, right? Sponsor brand, display ad, right? And that's why larger on Kickstarter, it gives you so much uh, asset that you will know in advance already. And then you can go full flag into other platforms like S E eBay, Amazon, you know, and that that you're getting a competitive edge in advance 
your competitors. Good. I appreciate the insights, man. The pros and the cons are, are relatively clear. I, I could see somebody making Kickstarter strategy, kind of re repetitive product launch strategy. If they build up those assets and take the time and energy to get it really off the ground and take the time to build a, you know, an email list or relationships that will allow them to get access to that, they could repeatedly launch on Kickstarter and maybe run to their own website or their Shopify store. And, and really, if that's an effort they want to go after, I could definitely see it being rewarded for their energies. And I appreciate you sharing some, some insights with me today. If someone wants to know a little bit more about you, Dylan, where do they go? Do they just Google your name on the internet or is there somewhere you want to send them? Yeah, uh, they can just go to IG for DLNM official or LinkedIn for DLNM or just go to overrank.com. Awesome. We'll put those in the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to check it out a little bit more and investigate the Kickstarter methodology for launching products, I would encourage you to take out, take a look at it and really learn the pros and cons and opportunities. And maybe it's a good fit for you. I appreciate you coming on, Dylan, and sharing some of that with me today. Yeah, thank you. Take care. If you like this episode, please share it with people you think will enjoy it as well. Thank you for listening and be sure to tune in next week for a brand new episode of High Voltage Business Builders.